Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 27 of English with Tim, the podcast where you can learn English in depth and detail. In today's episode, I'm going to answer the question of whether English is easy or difficult to learn for Russian speakers and why it is easy or difficult. So way back in episode 9, I talked about my experience learning um, Russian as an English speaker, and today I'm going to flip that, reverse it, and talk about the opposite, learning English as a Russian speaker. So I'm going to start with the most basic elements of language, sound, and then move up to more complicated things like spelling, vocabulary, word formation, and then finally grammar. Um, the biggest part of this episode is actually going to be about listening um, and pronunciation. So actually, let's get into that. So listening, comprehension, and pronunciation, these two things are really closely linked or connected with each other. So so I'm going to deal with them together. And the very base of both of these skills is the ability to recognize the individual sounds of English and to be able to hear the difference between them. If you think that two different sounds, two different sounds in English sound exactly the same, then you're going to have difficulty understanding some words, hearing the difference between them, and you will also pronounce things incorrectly. This is not, honestly, a huge deal because um, high-end users of English or native speakers of English um, or really just about anybody can compensate for your bad pronunciation by working a little bit harder to understand you. Um, one other difficulty that happens when people have um, bad uh, listening comprehension is that it often affects their ability to read. Um, and depending on how much vocabulary you want to learn by reading, that could be a re really serious thing or not super serious. Personally, I think that reading is an amazing way to learn vocabulary. Um, and so for that reason, I think it's just one more reason why you should pay attention to um, small parts of language, these smallest parts, um, vowels and consonants, and being able to hear the difference between them. So let's actually talk about vowels. So Russian speakers have actually three prob problems with English vowels. The first problem is that English has seven, fully seven vowels that Russian does not. First, we have the short a in cat. We have the short e in left. Actually, Russian does have that sound, but it's not nearly as common as it is in English, so I'm going to count it as something that's difficult. Um, the third vowel that's difficult for Russian speakers is the short i in lift or fix. Um, the next one is aw that you hear in words like law and fall. The one after that is the schwa sound that you hear in most unstressed vowels. So, for example, in the word information, you have information, that uh, shun, that uh that you hear there is called the schwa sound, and it's the most common vowel in English, and it doesn't really exist in Russian. Another vowel that's difficult for Russian speakers is er, that you hear in birthday, girl, and word. And the last one, the seventh, is uh, that you hear in words like cook and put. So that's the first problem, is that we have vowels that Russian does not. Um, the second problem um, related to vowels that causes problems for Russian speakers is that um, the second most common vowel in English after schwa is the e sound that you find in words like get and left. 
It also exists in Russian, but it is the least common vowel. So in Russian, that e sound happens only in a small handful of words like etot, estafieta, and mer. So even though Russian speakers in theory can easily say that sound, especially in isolation, they just don't have that much practice doing it all the time or next to a wide variety of different sounds. Now, the third problem that um, Russian speakers tend to have with um, English vowels is that there are three pairs of vowels that Russian speakers think sound exactly the same. Not all Russian speakers, of course, of course, but these are uh, pairs that tend to cause problems. So, one is the short a and the short e. So, man, like one man, and several men. Man, men. Another one, another pair, second pair is the short a and the short uh. Like, for example, cat and cut. Cat, meow, and cut, like you cut with a knife. And the last one, last pair is the short i and the long e. So, it, like ano, it, and eat. If you had problems hearing or difficulties hearing the difference between any of those pairs of vowels, that might be something, probably should be something that you you should work on um, and try to fix. Um, Let's move on from vowels. That's all the problems that you might encounter with vowels. The next problem is related to consonants. So consonants are sounds like b, z, ma, and k. English has 24 consonants, 24 consonant sounds, and 20 of them also exist in Russian. So the four consonants, that leaves us with four consonants in English that are not in Russian. The first one is th, which is written as th, and you can find it in words like with and think. Second consonant that's in English and not in Russian is th. You, that's also written as th, and you can find it in words like that, mother, and breathe. Third consonant that's in English and not in Russian is ng. It's written as ng, and you can find it in words like sing and wrong. And the fourth and last one, fourth and last consonant that's in English and not in Russian is r. So that's written as the letter r, and you can find it, find it in words like run, turn, and car. Now you might say, wait a minute, Russian has, a, has an r, but really that's a different r. It's r, like in Russian, and in English it's r, two different sounds. And there's a subtype of consonants. Um, that we need to talk about. So there are two types of consonants. There are voiced consonants, one where you use your, your voice, your vi- the vibration in your throat, to make them. So examples of voiced consonants are z, b, g, and d. And then there are the unvoiced consonants like s, p, k, and t. So in English, it's totally normal, actually, to have a voiced consonant like z or d at the end of a word, but in Russian, it's not. So actually, it's hard for Russian speakers to pronounce and understand some words. So love might be hard to understand. Love, you might want to say it as luff. Um, That's just to name one example. Um, I will talk about this a bit more when I talk about consonant clusters in just a second. So in addition to consonants and vowels, we also have what are called consonant clusters. Uh, A consonant cluster is a group of consonants that is written and pronounced together and that does not have any vowels between the consonants. So some consonant clusters can be found in words like spell, the cluster is sp or sp, and try, cluster is tr or tr, try and spell. So both languages, English and Russian, 
make heavy use of consonant clusters, and most English clusters can also be found in Russian. But most is not all. There are some that are not shared, that are in English and not in Russian. It's also true that English uses some consonant clusters that exist in Russian, but which in English are in a different part of a word than they are in their Russian words. So usually this happens that um, Russian has a consonant cluster like pt or kt. For example, in ptitsa or kto, sorry if I didn't say those really well, um, and they're at the beginning of words, whereas in English, those same clusters are at the ends of words, and that sometimes causes difficulty. It's unfamiliar, and it can be surprisingly difficult to put something like that at the end of a word, not in the sense of, you know, teacher asking student, hey, say, please say clicked, or please say stopped. The person can reliably do it, typically, I've found. Um, what happens is when the person's actually speaking, not paying attention to this phenomenon anymore, then, you know, they forget to put the uh, the uh, the cluster at the end of the word, and they only pronounce part of it. So um, let's go through some of these clusters that are difficult to pronounce because they're in the wrong place. So they exist in Russian, but in, they exist in English too, but they're in the wrong place for Russian speakers in English. So, uh, kta, so clicked, pt, stopped, Then we've got voiced ones. Um, d at the end of a word, grabbed, gd at the end of a word, bugged, njd at the end of a word, for example in changed, um, mnd at the end of a word, filmed, nd at the end of a word, manned, vd at the end of a word, moved, zd at the end of a word, raised. So, yeah, those things can cause problems. People, um, I've often heard people, instead of saying, for example, raised, they say raced. Or instead of saying moved, they say something more like moofed. Um, and it takes some practice to get those consonant clusters just right uh, in the pronunciation. Again, that's an, an, an aesthetic problem, so it's not super serious, but it can also cause problems. I've witnessed it cause problems in people's listening comprehension. Um, so, I also mentioned that there are consonant clusters in English that um, do not exist in Russian, and that causes problems sometimes. Um, so, for example, thr in the word throw. Well, both of those sounds just don't exist in Russian. Throw. Then we have thw, for example, in the word thwart. Definitely not a common um, consonant cluster, um, but it does exist. Thwart, by the way, means to um, cause someone else's plan to fail and thereby make the person very angry or frustrated. Um, next one, next uh, consonant cluster that's in English and not in Russian is earl. So curl, like in the word curl, or ulpt, like in helped, jd, like in dodged, or earned, like in learned, or unt, like in learnt. So in uh, North America, the past tense of learn is learned, and in uh, Great Britain, the past tense of learn is learnt. So, so much for individual sounds and groups of sounds, vowels and consonants, and then even sequences of them together. But what about whole words and phrases or even uh, sentences? Do Russian speakers tend to use more or less correct intonation and word stress when they speak in English? The answer actually is yes. English intonation and Russian intonation are very similar to each other with rising intonation for questions and for things that surprise us. There is one difficulty, though. 
which is that Russian speakers tend to put some stress on every word in a sentence. So English native speakers don't really do this. We put very weak stress on so-called function words, words like articles and prepositions and helping verbs. So we say these words so fast that Russian speakers sometimes don't hear them at all, and this can lead to a loss of understanding. So, you know, you're listening to an English native speaker speak, and they say the word the in such a short way, or on, or in, or by. Um, they say it in such a short way that you don't even really hear it. Um, and that makes it actually hard to learn that item of vocabulary. And another problem is that those words mean several different things, but which we will get into later. Um, one more phenomenon related to pronunciation and listening comprehension um, and uh, learning English for Russian speakers, which is the chewing gum accent. Um, I have talked about chewing gum pronunciation in a couple of episodes and the chewing gum accent, what is it? If you haven't listened to this before or heard about it before, it's the accent that can be heard when English speakers, typically native speakers, speak in a very lazy way and blend sounds together or even throw out parts of words. For example, the very common phrase, I am going to, um, becomes first, I'm going to, with a contraction, I am, becomes I'm, I'm going to. Then, now we're getting into chewing gum territory here. Um, warning, I'm gonna. So, I'm going to, I'm gonna. Um, next change would be, I'm gonna. So, you know, gonna is, is a pretty classic example. Most people have probably heard that before. Um, but in reality, there's a whole range of pronunciations for I am going to. And the next step of that is, I'm gonna. Then you have, I'm Then you have, I'm and then you have finally ama, which is really the most reduced way of saying that that you could possibly still be understood. Um, and English native speakers, especially when we speak amongst ourselves, we use this chewing gum type of pronunciation quite a bit. Actually, I can say that just for people from the United States and probably Canada. Um, for Great Britain, I really can't say. I'm sure the phenomenon happens, but it's a question of how frequently. Um, in any case, it is something to consider, and it does make it harder for anyone who's trying to learn English to understand what people are trying to say. Um, so, overall impression, what's the overall level of difficulty that Russian speakers have with English listening comprehension and pronunciation? I would say significant, but not huge. You know, we've got 7 out of 18 vowels are difficult, 20 out of 20, um, 20, sorry, 4 out of 24 um, consonants are difficult. We've got some consonant clusters in the wrong place. Um, we've got some consonant clusters that don't exist in Russian. Um, but So significant problems, but not huge ones. So most of the 900 or so students from Russia that I've taught over the years have needed help with a few of these problems, but these kinds of pronunciation problems have really almost never remained the focus of my classes with students for more than a few months at most. Okay, so much for listening comprehension and uh, pronunciation. Let's move on to a shorter topic. What about English spelling? How you write the words? Is that actually hard? So the answer to that is really simple. Yes, English spelling is difficult and confusing, but people do learn it. So this learning requires effort, though. So academic studies or scientific studies show that English-speaking school children typically spend one and a half to two years more in school learning how to correctly write words and read them than do children learning highly phonetic languages like Spanish or German or Russian. 
This is time that could be spent on other more productive activities like learning more advanced materials or just playing outside. So for people uh, learning English as a second language, Russian speakers included, um, spelling is going to remain an important topic at all levels of language learning from beginner to high advanced, although ideally the most important aspects of spelling should be learned correctly early. There's a lot of exceptions. There are exceptions within exceptions, groups of exceptions, and just a fair amount of just plain mess. Um, let's move on to the third topic, which is, is English vocabulary difficult to learn? So English um, vocabulary actually has two features that help to make it easy for beginners to learn. The first feature is that a lot of the most used English words have just one syllable. Here are some examples. Like, have, know, see, love, want, need, take, buy, run, sleep, food, drink, kid, boy, girl, hear, think, slow, fast. Always just one syllable. Um, of course, not all of them, but a very large amount of very frequently used words are just one syllable that makes them easier to remember. The second feature that makes English vocabulary easy to learn is that words don't change into many different forms. So in English, we have book and we have books, while in Russian, you've got kniga, knigi, knig, knigi, knigu, knigo, and knigami. So um, lots of different forms. In English, just two. Um, English also forms most most plurals just by adding an S or ES, while Russian forms plurals in several different ways. Um, now, one aspect of English that is difficult. So, most English words, including the basic ones that have just one syllable, like have and like, have more than one meaning. You need to know more than one meaning for many words, even at beginner level. Overall, do not think that basic vocabulary means easy vocabulary. For most people, learning words' additional meanings will require focused work and practice. This is an aspect of English that most students chronically underestimate, especially at beginner level. People have this idea that a word means one thing and that's it. Um, and it continues on to you know almost every level of language learning. It's really only the people who reach a really advanced level who see this problem very clearly, and they see it clearly because they actually did the work to learn the different forms, which is not an easy thing because the resources um, for teaching different uh, meanings, all the different meanings of, of a word, um, really don't exist yet. Um, so um, another thing, another aspect of English vocabulary is the parts of speech. Um, this is a little bit difficult. So in many cases in English, the only way to tell the part of speech of an English word, uh, so if it's a noun or a verb or an adjective or whatever, is to see or hear it in context. So one word without any changes can be a verb, a noun, and an adjective. So listen to the following examples. I like my friends. I am like my friends. So when you say I am like my friends, it means I'm similar to my friends. Um, we are not very different from each other. I like my friends. I love them. I am like my friends. I'm similar to them. Um, next example, we work in an office. This is hard work. He lives in the U.S. We love live music. So just three examples there. In Russian, by contrast, you can almost always instantly identify a word's part of speech, even in isolation, if it's not in a sentence. So Russian speakers need to learn to pay attention to what part of speech they're dealing with by looking at what part of the sentence, doing a little bit of analysis, and also, they need to do focused vocabulary learning where you look at many different meanings um, of, a different, of a single word because meanings and the different parts of speech, they kind of go hand in hand with each other. 
Um, now, there are some things uh, going back to things that make it easy um, between or for Russian speakers to learn English, and one of those things is shared vocabulary. So do English and Russian have a lot of shared words? Well, there's not a huge amount of such words. Um, you know, this is not French or Spanish where um, is an English speaker or, or, you know, or the reverse, you know, you're, you're an English speaker learning French or a French speaker learning English, you recognize and understand a huge number of words. No, of course not. We all know that. Um, so a few months ago, um, I was looking through Cambridge's official A2 level word list, which has around 1,400 words and expressions, and about 300 of them, or 20%, were so similar that they can be understood without practicing them. So after I counted that up, I was actually pretty surprised. It's like 20%. Um, now, most of those words are from Latin or French, words like information and restaurant and so on. Remember, though, that recognizing a word is not the same as being able to say it. You will still need to work um, while uh, work on these words while studying. Um, another thing that makes it easy for Russian speakers when learning English is proper nouns. So proper nouns are um, nouns that name specific people, places, and things. For example, man is a common noun. It's not a proper noun. While William Shakespeare is a proper noun. So... Proper nouns for places are, for the most part, shared between English and Russian. So, Paris is Paris, Mexico is Mexico, and so on. Just, you know, not every single place, but, the you know, a strong, strong majority of them are just same, almost the same words. Um, there is also large overlap between Russian and English names for people. So, Anastasia is an English Anastasia. We have Anastasias. Not a ton of them, but, you know, we do have them. Uh, Dimitri is still Dimitri. Um, there are, of course, names which exist in English, but not in Russian, and vice versa. But even if there are no um, Russian Donalds, Russians have all heard the name before. Um, now, this all might seem quite obvious, but just imagine if, in addition to learning all of the nouns and verbs and all these different words that you need to know to speak English, in addition to that, you also had to remember names for people. And for places, you had to start over from the beginning when learning uh, the names for places. That's not the case. Um, one thing that is also worth noting, though, um, in terms of these proper nouns, is that in recent years, um, people have started making up names for their children. So when I was a kid, at least in the, the social circles that I was in, you know, you, you had names like Tim, and you, you had Lisa, and Doug, and Bob, and um, Jennifer, and that was it. There wasn't a huge, huge selection of names, and people didn't just make up names. Now, I'm a teacher now, and I see um, when I come into a class, I'm a substitute teacher, so, um, you know, I see new lists of names all the time, and a lot of them, I just don't know how to pronounce them. So those words will be um, potentially difficult for Russian speakers. They'll be another thing that you have to learn, but more common names are shared. Moving on, um, false friends. So what are false friends? False friends are words which have different meanings in each language in spite of sounding and looking very similar to each other. So English and Russian have kind of a lot of false friends. Um, here are some examples. English article. Um, in Russian, it looks like artikel, um, and it does mean that, actually. Um, the problematic one is statya, so English article, um, Russian statya. Um, brilliant. In uh, English, it does not mean brilliant, or like a diamond in Russian. No, it means brilliant means blistyashi. Um, cabinet is not kabinet. Uh, a cabinet is a is is a door that or sorry a shelf that has doors on it. Um, college does not mean college. College means universitet, university. 
Family. Well, that does not mean familia. Family means simia. Um, intelligent does not mean intelligently. It means umli. Machine does not mean uh, machina. So a machine is really any um, any mechanical device. Um, car is a machine. An airplane is a machine. A bicycle is a machine. Um, another one, nationality, does not mean nationalnost. It means grozdanstvo. Um, then you have occupation, which in uh, Russian does translate as okupatsia, very similar, but more frequent meaning is profession, profesia. So occupation in English, profesia in Russian. Um, orange, okay, oranjevui, okay, yeah, same thing, same sound, same meaning, but also apelsin. Uh, orange in English means oranjevui and apelsin, the fruit, the round orange fruit. Square, um, does not usually mean square, it means quadrat, a geometric shape where um, with 90 degree angles, you know what I'm talking about, each of the sides has the same length. Um, another one, weather, does not mean vietr, it means pagoda, or the, you know, the temperature um, outside on the street, and whether it's raining or snowing or sunny or windy or whatever. Weather is not vietr, it's pagoda. So those things can be confusing, although you might have noticed that a lot of the times these things, um, these pairs, actually do make some kind of sense. So brilliant means blistyashi, and a diamond or a brilliant is blistyashi. So that's not, it does help you somewhat, but on the surface it's kind of confusing. So um, let's move on to shared vocabulary, which is distant, actually, stuff that's not super obvious. English and Russian both come from the same Indo-European language family, which probably was first spoken in what is now Ukraine around 6,000 years ago. So sometimes you'll notice that English and Russian words look and sound sort of the same, especially if you change a letter or two. Here are some examples. So brother, brat, cold, holodny, daughter, doch, uh, more obviously, if you say, it's more obvious if you say docheri, the, the plural. Field, polia, so change the F into a P. Polia, folia, field. Flame, plamia, again change the F into a P. Plamia, flamia, flame. Full, polni, so again change the F and uh, the P into an F. Polni, folni, very similar. Hill, home. Left, lievli. Mother, mat, or matiri. Night, noch. Sister, sistra, sit, sidieć, water, vada. So pairs of words like these, some of which are used quite often, make learning English a bit easier, sometimes without us even noticing that it's happening. Then we need to move on to unshared vocabulary. We've talked about the stuff that's shared and similar, but English at the end of the day is not Ukrainian or Bulgarian or something. The large majority of English words do not look or sound like Russian ones, so you'll need to work hard over a long period of time to learn enough words to communicate easily in English. Another thing that's not shared, a whole category of uh, vocabulary is phrasal verbs. So native speakers of English use phrasal verbs all the time. Uh, the individual words that make up a phrasal verb do not always clearly connect with the phrasal verb's meaning, so that makes them hard to learn. Remember, though, that almost every other foreigner speaking English shares this opinion and therefore never learns most phrasal verbs. It's indeed totally possible to communicate your own ideas without using phrasal verbs, but if you want to understand native speakers, then you need to learn some of them. Let's move on to a new topic, um, word formation. So, word formation itself. So, English and Russian 
uh, form words in similar ways. There's roots, and sometimes there's a prefix, and sometimes there's a suffix. English and Russian both use a lot of words and word parts from Greek and Latin that are shared, so it's not just the principles of word formation that are similar, the actual word parts are sometimes the same. You can see this phenomenon in words like telephone, telegraph, phonology, information, and lots more. One thing that's difficult for Russian speakers in English word formation is the S and ES ending. So Russian speakers often forget to put the S or ES ending on plural nouns and in the present simple with he, she, and it. So instead of saying uh, he gets, they'll say he get. Um, they also often mispronounce the ending on certain words. For example, people often say change which is not correct. You shouldn't say change. You need to say changes. Um, Russian speakers sometimes forget to say the past tense forms of regular verbs, not irregular ones, but regular ones. This could be because they're not paying attention to their own speech, or it could be that the ending is in fact hard to pronounce. We saw this earlier with words like changed or grabbed. And of course, people forget the past forms of irregular verbs, or they do know them, but for whatever reason, just don't use them when they need to. Moving on to the last point, uh, grammar. We're now kind of getting into issues here that most people already know about, so I'm going to talk about these with a little bit less detail. Um, the first one um, is, let's see, Russian word order. So Russian word order is very flexible. Um, you can move subjects and objects around to emphasize different words, but the normal default word order is still subject and then verb and then object, just like in English. So for the most part, English word order holds few surprises for Russian speakers. English also does not have masculine and feminine and neuter nouns or adjectives, so verbs uh, also don't have that many forms. Basically, you don't need to manipulate most words in English sentences. Um, Russian speakers do have problems with the verb be, which exists in Russian as buit, but is not used in the present tense. So Russian speakers find be really confusing, and they often struggle to master it. They leave it out when it's needed, or they use it when they shouldn't. Another uh, difficulty that Russian speakers have with English grammar is with negations of verbs and with questions. People also have difficulty understanding the differences between the verb tenses, of which there are about 12. You could argue about exactly how many and what a verb tense is, but let's just say 12. Um, and with choosing the right, of those, the right one out of all those 12 in the right situation at the right moment. So another thing is that some students find the passive voice difficult, but there's always the option to just not use the passive voice. You do need it minimum to understand it. So this is a lot of information, actually. And let's make a quick summary, though, of everything. Um, you already know, starting with things that are shared and easy, you already know 60% of English vowel sounds, like 11 out of 18. You know 83% of English consonant sounds, 20 out of 24. Of course, you might know more, but this is the minimum. Um, just using your base level um, knowledge of, of your native Russian. Um, you have 11 out of 18 and 20 out of 24. Um, you know how to use most sounds together. For example, str, gl, tr, and so on, these consonant clusters. You already correctly use intonation in statements and questions. You have a little bit of problem with uh, word stress, but um, you also have 300 common English words that are very similar in Russian. Um, and English is easy to learn. Let's talk about the reasons that English is easy to learn. Just sum it up again. Um, it shares most sounds with Russian and many words. The most used words are often very short and have only a couple of forms to learn. The basic way that words are formed is the same in English and in Russian. Both languages, for the most part, use the same word order. 
English has a radically simplified system of case and gender, cases padiege. Um, there is a reasonable percentage of shared vocabulary. Some of it is obvious, some of it is less so. Um, there are some aspects of English that require moderate effort, effort to learn. So seven English vowels and uh, four English consonants. Um, voiced consonants at, end, at the ends of words. Um, a few consonant clusters, especially at the ends of words. Some irregular verbs and sorting out the false friends. Um, now, there are things that you'll need to spend a lot of time and effort on, typically. Unshared vocabulary, multiple meanings of words, one of my favorite topics, questions and negative statements, spelling, placement of stress inside of words um, and on which words, phrasal verbs, the verb be, verb tenses, and um, if you want to understand native speakers really well, chewing gum pronunciation. There are two things that Russian speakers also often forget when they to use when they need to. They are plurals and the past forms of both irregular and regular verbs. That is all for today. That's a ton of information, but uh, my overall conclusion is that Russian For Russian speakers, um, English is not terribly difficult to learn. Um, it has a reputation for being um, somewhat easy, um, but not super easy. And I'd say that's relatively correct. Um, people do underestimate the difficulty of the vocabulary, and there are aspects that are difficult and require a fair amount or even a lot of work. So that's all for now. Um, I'm curious to hear what your opinions about all of this are. Um, if you've experienced different parts of this, if you want to add something, if you disagree and think that um, something that I thought was difficult is not, um, I'm interested, super interested in hearing your opinion, and we will um, talk again next Monday. Thank you.